Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am joined today by Maggie. She is the owner of Hilltop Help, a website design and marketing specializing in SEO for small businesses. She started Hilltop Help as a creative outlet to get away from working in the hospital and discovered how passionate she is about helping others in the digital marketing space. I'm so excited to have Maggie here on A Purposeful Brand and for her to share all her knowledge on SEO and her journey into entrepreneurship from the um, hospital. So Maggie, welcome so much. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, thank you. So Maggie, okay. I love your story. So we, we already know each other. We, so I met Maggie probably, we are like an Instagram connection, right? Instagram, maybe like a year and a half ago, connected with Maggie. And so I've been following her journey from first starting her business into where she is leading now. She just launched an amazing SEO course that has already gotten such incredible results for everyone. And I've seen a lot of your pivots that you've had from starting as like a V, you started as a VA, right? Virtual assistant, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you ha- you were in nursing and then you went into business. So what was that journey like for you transitioning from corporate in the hospital to being a small business owner. Sure. Yeah. My, my whole life has been a pivot. It seems (laughs) when I first went to college, I actually was thinking about being a teacher and then I didn't get into the program that I wanted to. So then I have my second degree is actually in nursing. My first degree is in public health. So I worked in healthcare for 10 years. I started, you know, when I was still in nursing school as like a receptionist, worked up my way up as a medical assistant and then got my first job as a nurse at the place that I was working for as a receptionist. And then I I took several different, I think I had eight different nursing jobs over the course of my eight years in nursing. Some of them overlapped with each other. You know, I worked like part-time at one, part-time at another, but I never really felt settled in one job. I always was like looking for and wanting, wanting to learn something new or like trying to really the biggest thing was trying to um, make my job fit the lifestyle that I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about healthcare, that is really hard to do. You know, you never know when you're going to get off your shift, even though they schedule you for 12 hours, it can easily turn into a 14 or 15 hour shift. That was mm-hmm. happening a lot. Wow. That was before I had kids. So obviously before I had kids, I was a little bit more flexible. I didn't have great boundaries about that. But yeah, once I started having kids, I had my first, my son in the pandemic. So he was born literally the week before the world shut down. And I was was working in an office setting, but I decided I was going to, when I, my, when my maternity leave ended, I started a job working night shift at the hospital. And that was great when it was just him. I was part-time. So I would, you know, sleep when he napped during the day as a baby. But then when I had my daughter, I tried a work from home nursing job and I thought this is going to be the solution to all my problems. Like everyone wants to work from home. This is a dream. but I hated it. It was so dull. Like the the part that I loved about nursing was being with the patients and hearing their stories and, you know, that one-on-one connection. And I just didn't have that working from home. So it was actually from listening to a podcast that the idea came to me to start my own business. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I thought, Maybe I would start a blog, Um, didn't know what that was going to be about, but I've always like really liked writing and had a little bit of a creative side. So I knew that I could figure something out. And I ended up taking a course that was filled with other women business owners. 
And from there, I saw how much support these women were needing in their business. They were stretched so thin. They were like me. They had very young kids. And so they were kind of trying to get their business done in the pockets of time that they had. And so I started working for them as a virtual assistant and got a few clients from that course that are still, I'm still connected with today. But yeah, I just kind of learned as I go, as I went, people were teaching me what to do. I was helping them with their blogs. And that's what really got me started with SEO is I was kind of at the point where I wanted to bring more value to these clients versus, you know, making Canva graphics and like posting on social media felt like, okay, but I knew I could be giving them more and making more of a difference in their business. So that's where I started learning about SEO. Okay, awesome. I want to interrupt for a second because I want you said that you were listening to a podcast and that's where kind of like that little seed of was uh, planted. So I'm yeah. curious, what was it about the podcast that planted that seed? Were they talking about entrepreneurship? What, like what exactly what was going on that made you think like, oh, okay, I could probably do something like this. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, they were, it was a podcast by four moms. So it was mostly topics related to motherhood, but then those same women also pivoted and started a business supporting people who wanted to start businesses, whether that was through podcasting or making courses. So yeah, they just really painted the possibility, I guess, is what it was. And I did, I just didn't even know that this whole marketing world existed. Like I had a friend who worked in marketing for like a decade. And I was like, I just don't understand what you do all day. (laughs) And now I totally get it because I, you can easily work like 12 hours a day getting Mm -hmm. your marketing done. It's yeah. So it's been exciting. And I love just the, the constant change and like, you know, all the updates that go into marketing. Yes. So I want to touch on real quick. I hear from a lot of women, the same thing that you just said, I didn't know that this marketing world existed. I didn't know that there were these other things that I could potentially be doing and creating, you know, different creative outlet or avenue of income for my family. So how were you, when you look back at your career in nursing and all the other various roles that you had, and you look at like kind of where you are now, and how were you able to essentially take your skills and your abilities and gifts and such, and kind of translate that into marketing? I love that question. Yeah, no, but so healthcare, as you know, is such like a giving field. And as a nurse, there's so much communication involved. There's a lot of education that was like, my biggest thing that I loved about nursing is like when I discharge a patient, like I'm going to talk to you for an hour so that you don't have to come back here. (laughs) So, and I worked in postpartum too. So a lot of, you know, anxious moms with new babies, like anything I could do to like ease their anxiety. I was like all for that as a nurse. And so that really does relate to marketing a lot too, because you're getting to know people on a deeper level and what is the best, figuring out what the best solution is to solve their problem or to make sure that they don't have to go to the hospital, whatever that is for them. Yeah. But yeah, so when I was thinking about leaving nursing, I was actually just going to be a stay-at-home mom. I was, our, you know, our finances were okay in an okay place where I thought like, okay, I can just focus on my kids for a few years. But I also just had this like feeling of like, I want something for me and not even in a selfish way, but just something to light me up in a different way to like distract me from all the challenges of parenthood and motherhood and just something that I could have to call my own. So that's where the business came from. 
I love that. I love that because in my freebie, the purposeful business blueprint, it kind of outlines how you can take your gifts and your talents that the Lord has given you. And then also the expertise that you have from previous job experience. And even, mm -hmm. even if you're just say home mom at this moment, and you are not in like a corporate career, there's a lot of skills that you have just from being at home with mm -hmm. managing the household, managing your kids, and a lot of things that you're doing that you can pull skills and expertise and stuff from that, that can translate to entrepreneurship and creating that outlet for yourself and for your family. So I love how you were able to see your strengths, recognize mm -hmm. those strengths, and then utilize them to serve others in just a, a different way. You're still serving others, but in a different way. And that, exactly. that there is a God-given like gift that he has given you, you know? And so I think really leaning into those and utilizing our gifts is so important and it's gonna come so much more easier to us in business yeah. as well. So yeah, to was, your point, I, sorry, yeah. I didn't want to interrupt you, but to your point. So in my nursing job, I always felt like, okay, this is my like gift that God has given me to serve others. And when I pivoted yeah. into marketing, I had this like icky feeling about it at first that I was mm. like, oh, I'm like charging this money. And it just feel, it just feels like that's so corporate. And is this really like helping people? Yeah. But what I have learned along the way, you know, two years into this is that I'm also by working in this industry, I'm giving moms that opportunity that I wanted to mm -hmm. spend more time with their family, to have that work life, maybe not balanced, but to have something yeah. of their own <laughs> that they can use to support their family with. So it it's very different, obviously, than nursing. It's a little less mm -hmm. direct, but I still feel that God has put me in this position to help others. Yeah, I love the phrase selling is serving mm -hmm. because there's somebody out there that needs what you have to offer. They, yeah. they need that thing to accomplish their purpose, their desires to help their families, to support them. They need that. So if you're holding back from selling, then you're doing a disservice to the people that God has called you to serve. He put you in that place for those specific people. So, so true. I want to go ahead and pivot just a little bit into SEO and I have a, so before we even go mm -hmm. into like any like the practicals I want to ask you what do you see in 2024 as far as like SEO trends like mm -hmm. we know we have Instagram trends SEO is such like a foundational marketing you know that there's things that really aren't ever going to change right mm -hmm. but what are you kind of seeing that people are kind of leaning into that's working better for 2024 i think just seo itself has become a little bit of a trend the last year or so mm -hmm. like everyone seems to be talking about it and yeah. i think a lot of that comes from people just being kind of burnt out with social media you're spending mm -hmm. You know, sometimes an hour making one 30 second reel that lasts for 24 hours on the platform, yeah. <laughs> and then it's gone and doesn't really make a, that big of an impact on your business. And that's what I love about SEO is you can create one piece of content and it can live on for months and years down the line and you can repurpose that across mm -hmm. all of your platforms. And it's just, again, back to like the serving piece is that SEO is really the way to find a little bit more of that work-life balance in your business. Yeah. I and mean, I think people are really hungry for that now more than ever. Absolutely. I agree with that. Absolutely agree. I think people are definitely, I think after 2020, we yeah. really saw this shift and, you know, we were living in such a hustle culture 
and people are really wakening up and seeing that, man, that's really not the way God designed us to live right. in this right. constant state of go, go, go. And so, yeah, SEO absolutely helps give you that freedom back of your time so that you aren't a slave to social media and all these, you know, like you said, it, it, you make a piece of content and it dies in 24 hours. So sometimes even less. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes social media actually easier, especially, and we can get into it too, but especially once you understand the foundations of who you're marketing to, using those keywords, and then it just creating those pieces of content that you know your audience needs. I have found it to be true for my marketing my own business, but also the clients that I help manage their um, SEO one-on-one they're able to just repurpose that content and just makes Instagram or Facebook, wherever they're postings feel so much lighter. Like there's not that pressure to like constantly create something new. Yes. So are you having your clients start with like a long form piece of content, like a blog, a podcast recording or something of that nature? And then you're exactly. repurposing into like grabbing little pieces of it. So if you can give us like a, a tip on starting with that long form piece of content, let's say a blog. Mm -hmm. And then what is like kind of like the best method to create X amount of pieces from that? Yeah. So it's going to, yeah, it's going to look different for every business, but um, ideally you want to be promoting whatever that long piece of content, long form piece of content is. So whether it's a blog post or a YouTube video, even, or a podcast episode, you want to be promoting that so that you're driving traffic instantly there. And that tells Google, like, if you can get traffic to that blog post within the first 24, 48 hours, you're telling Google, okay, this is a valuable piece of content and they're more likely to boost you up in the rankings. So definitely promoting it to your email list, promoting it on your social media platforms, just the piece of content itself is step one. And then step two is, okay, how is this resonating with my audience? What pieces of this piece of content do they want to learn more about. And let me break that up into, yeah, more digestible pieces and sprinkle them throughout social media, whatever that looks like. So of course, the foundation of that is the market research pieces. Is this long form piece of content actually what people need? Is it solving a problem for them? Is it, you know, a nice checklist that they can go through if they need something like that for their business or for their personal life? So it definitely starts with that like market research piece. So if I'm new to market research, where do I start? And can you explain to me exactly what is market research? Yeah, so this is something that I think a lot of business owners miss. I know I did when I was first starting out is you should really do it before you even start your business. You want to create a product or a service that people actually want. And I see this a lot as like in the coaching world or, you know, any, any sort of business, you think that you have this great idea and whether it's original or not, you know, you think you have this idea, people want to buy this, maybe this type of coaching package. And then when you go to launch it, it's like crickets. That's because you didn't actually ask anyone who you would want to work with if it's something that they would want. So the market research piece, and I teach it uh, several different ways in my course, but there's a ton of different ways you can do it. The best way is to just have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people that you would want to work with. So figuring out what your ICA is, so your ideal customer avatar, um, and getting really specific like, with that. So I know for me, when I was starting my virtual assistant business, I was like, I want to work with moms like me who are starting side hustle kind of businesses. But that just wasn't enough for my marketing. That wasn't my message wasn't really reaching the right people that I wanted to work with. It was 
it was almost too general. If you're that whole phrase, if you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. It's they say that because it's true, because yeah. I was hearing crickets and my audience wasn't growing because it was just this cookie cutter content that really anyone could talk about. So now I specialize a little bit more in like the health and wellness industry. So I work with a lot of therapists, a lot of physical therapists or nurses who are just like me. So it kind of overlaps with that too. But once I got more specific with who I'm talking to, then it just is easier for people to connect to that. And people want, people buy off emotion, just like they, you know, as much as they buy off of logic. So you want to be that resource for people that they can trust and confide in and they view you as an expert. Yeah. So can you give us like two questions, two good questions, like I guess foundational questions to if we were to hop on with, you know, on a one of one with our ideal client or someone that we think that is our ideal client, Mm -hmm. how do we go deeper in those questions to uncover what we actually need? Yeah, so it's all about asking open ended questions and just you almost have to play therapist a little bit, like to dig deeper. And, you know, people might just give you a yes or no question. I know when I was doing my market research for making my course, it was, I was debating between, okay, do I offer this like more high ticket offer that, you know, has some one-on-one coaching, like weekly coaching calls with it, or do I do it a little bit more of a self-paced course with some support still, but a little bit of a cheaper price point. And I was thinking, oh, people are going to want this one-on-one support. Like people have so many questions about SEO. They want a little bit of handholding. But what I found was when I was interviewing people, they were saying, okay, well, if I'm going to pay this much money for that kind of course and that kind of one-on-one support, I'd rather just hire someone to do it for me because it's just a little bit more expensive to hire somebody like you to do it for me. And I was like, oh, light bulb, that makes perfect sense. So it just all goes back to what do people actually want to buy from you? And obviously, you know, that's more of like a price. That was a little bit more of a pricing kind of concern for my situation. But for you, for someone else, it could look like, you know, you think that moms really want this feature in a diaper bag or something, but they actually, what they actually want is just somewhere to put their keys or put their water bottle and something like for them. So just, yeah, getting specific with those questions, keeping them open-ended and keeping them solution-based too. So how can I solve the problem that they're having? And what what do they think is the problem that they're having? Because you might think that their problem is one thing, but they're they're actually worried about something else. So no, I think that's that's really great. Really getting into their minds and seeing what is it that they're really struggling with, their desires, what is keeping them up at night? Mm-hmm. You know, what are they they really, really, really hoping for? Because a lot of times they say, oh, I just want to, you know, I, w- I just want to work from home. And you mm-hmm. discovered that you were working from home and that wasn't it for you. You know, right. it wasn't mm-hmm. a creative outlet. And it was like you said, dull. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so really trying to figure out what it is that they really want. And maybe like for you, it was I really want time freedom. So I have flexibility in my time, still bringing in income to support the family, but I really want to be able to be with my kids, stay home with my kids and still have a creative outlet so that Mm -hmm. I'm still serving people and then really getting to know that person and well, how can I best serve them in what, you know, way and then kind of work in creating your offers from there. So with SEO, and by the way, I don't, I didn't even mention SEO is search engine optimization. (laughs) Yes. Probably yeah. That's, an important, yes. 
<laughs> so search engine optimization is this like a marketing foundational piece that you really should know from the very beginning. It's something that I personally, when I started my business, I SEO seems scary to me. It, mm -hmm. it seems so it seemed like it was like so technical and because it was so scary i just stayed on social media because social media was easy and so just a little sidebar do not shy away from the scary things yeah <laughs> because sometimes those are the pieces that we really need to work on and that's going to give us you know better longevity in our business versus the easy things so yeah, I can elaborate on that just a little bit more yeah. too, what SEO is. So search engine optimization, like you said, is it's all of the strategies that you use to drive traffic to whatever platform you want it to be driven to. So usually it's your website or a blog. Mm -hmm. You want people to go to your website because you don't own those social media platforms. And on your website, you can control the customer journey a little bit more. So when they come to your homepage, are they going to be going to your services page and booking you through, through there? Or are they? Are you encouraging them to join your email list? Or do you have a community or a membership that you want them to join? So you have much more control over it. And the traffic is free when you focus on SEO. So I know when people get like a couple of years into business, they're like, oh, I've tapped out my audience. I don't, I don't even know where I'm going to get my next lead from. Let me run a bunch of Google ads or Facebook ads yeah. to the website. And if your website is not optimized correctly, and you don't have those search engine optimization uh, pieces on there in the foundation set, like you said, you're not going to convert those, that traffic mm -hmm. to your website. So you're essentially wasting your money. And I've had lots of clients come to me for website audits and they're like, I've spent $2,000 a month on ads for 10 months or however long it is. And they are wow. not getting any leads from that. So yeah, that's like the main thing that I want to get. The main point that I want to get across to business owners is if you can focus on it sooner rather than later, you're actually going to save so much money and time in the long run. It's going to make all of your content creation so much easier. And like I said, if you focus on it now, even if you set up your Google analytics. I mean, get into that if you want, but even if you just set it up now and forget about it for six months to a year, like at least that you have that data collecting in the background that you can go mm -hmm. back and refer to later. Yeah. And it, you know, I think one of the important thing also to know is like SEO, any, any foundational piece of your business, like SEO blogs, all, all of those things, it's um, a longer game because mm -hmm. it takes a little bit more time to get that ball rolling but when the ball is rolling then it's you know really ramping up and as long as you're staying consistent and building this it's going to keep working for you and that yeah. just goes back to like you said your social media posts are going to die within 24 hours <laughs> and then you got to create another post and then create mm -hmm. another one and you got to be on there and you got to stay engaged and i know so many people are like you said, at the point where they're like, okay, I'm ready to get off of social. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and like you said, the time. yeah, like you said, people get so overwhelmed. Just the idea of search engine optimization sounds overwhelming mm -hmm. because there's, there's that technical piece and there's those terms and that jargon that you haven't heard of before. But when you actually look at the basics of it, it's very simple, like easy to implement things. You just have to have the knowledge to, on how to do that. Yes. So I want to talk about real quick before we end keywords, because this is an important piece 
in your mm-hmm. SEO and knowing the keywords and where to place them. And at, selfishly, I have a question. <laughs> Because, you know, I always used to think that SEO keywords were like one, one or two words, mm-hmm. right? And then I actually, actually, it was through you over the last year that I heard <laughs> you talking about keywords that they could be longer phrases. Right. And so I was like, hold on, like through all of my research and SEO, like it, that was never perfectly explained to me. <laughs> <laughs> how mm-hmm. you can have these longer terms and it, that kind of changed everything the way I started writing my blog posts and titles and you know all the other back end stuff so I'm curious can you talk about keywords for just a quick second and kind of the one the one the importance of keywords and then sure. two is there you know a certain length how are we kind of like placing those keywords in our content Yeah, so I always encourage people to think about your own Google search habits. When you're going onto Google, like say you want to find a recipe for the best homemade chocolate chip pancakes. I know you're a big pancake person. (laughs) So say you want to find a recipe, you're not just going to type in pancakes and then expect to get the best chocolate chip pancake recipe. You're going to get really, really specific. And maybe you need, maybe you have certain dietary restrictions of like, you can't have dairy. So maybe you're typing in the best dairy-free chocolate chip pancake recipe. You want to get as specific as possible with your keywords because that's going to get you more of the answer that you want. And so when it comes to doing keyword research for your business, you want to think about who you're actually targeting with those keywords. So if I am a web designer, it's not enough for me to just put web designer all over my website. I need to be specific on who I'm designing websites for, what platforms I'm using. Am I doing it more for local brick and mortar businesses or am I doing it for uh, businesses that have an online or more of an online presence and service? So just getting the more specific that you can get, the better. And I think a common misconception with keywords is that people think, okay, if I am more general, I'm getting more of a search volume per month. But when you think about it, you're then competing with probably millions of other websites out there who are also targeting those same keywords. So if I'm putting, if I'm trying to rank on Google for web designer, there's millions, if not billions of other websites that have that keyword as, you know, that have that word as their keyword on their website. So yeah, just getting more specific will actually help you in the long run. And something that I do with my clients is I'll do that keyword research before I create the content so that I can base my content off of that keyword. And what I look for is the intent of that keyword too. So is the person looking for information? Are they looking to buy a product or service? Are they just kind of browsing? So thinking about what is this keyword directing them to do? So if someone is looking for a really specific, you know, red platform heels for a wedding, like they are probably looking to buy shoes because they have a wedding coming up, right? Versus you know, what's the comfiest pair of platform shoes? Maybe they're just starting that research phase. So just thinking through that intent piece is also important when it comes to keywords. That's a really great point is looking at the intent and their action uh, following when they do that search and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then you can also base your content, you know, around whether you're leading them to that purchase of that red shoe or you're educating them on the best platforms. So that's awesome. So if you can give us your, what is your favorite tool to do keyword research? 
honestly, for beginners, I say just go on Google. And I, I actually teach this in my my free challenge. Did you do the challenge? I did the challenge. You did it. it okay. Great. So, yeah. Yeah. So day one was all about keyword research. And it's just using Google because Google can give you a lot of information. Once you start typing in a word like best pancakes, it's going to come up with suggestions in that, you know, drop down box of chocolate chip pancakes, dairy-free pancakes, gluten-free pancakes, right? So, um, you know, that can help you start the brainstorming process. And then even scrolling down on Google, looking at people also search for, they have those little categories or, you know, they have those question boxes of people are asking these specific questions about pancakes. How can I put this in my content to answer those questions so that my snippet will come up on the Google search results page. So that's one place to start, but also another free tool is using the Google keyword planner. And that is in, you have to create a Google ads account to use that tool, but it is free to use. They do just ask you for your credit card as if you were going to run ads, but then you don't run the ads and you just yeah. use the, You can put your competitors' websites in there and it will also kind of break down what keywords they are using on their content. So if that helps you at all to also just brainstorm a little bit deeper. And that tool gives you a lot of data, like how much it would cost to run an ad for this keyword. So that keyword planner will give you the monthly search volume, the keyword difficulty, so how likely it will be for you to rank based on you putting that keyword in your content and how much it would cost to run ads if you were to run ads using that keyword. So it's a very in-depth tool. A lot of people can get overwhelmed with it at first, but if you just focus on, I think, the search volume and the intent behind those keywords is going to be the biggest thing. That's great. So Google Keyword Planner Mm -hmm. And I'll make a note of that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of recap, so SEO one, don't shy away from it. You need it for your business. Before you like create anything, take the time to dive into SEO and your foundational pieces, who you're serving, your client avatar, what their intent is when they're searching, what do they actually need? I mean, this is going to help you with everything in your business, right? Writing blog posts, social media posts, getting your website ranked so you can start gaining that organic traffic. And then go and download or sign up for Maggie's SEO challenge. It's a free SEO challenge. It's what, five days. And every day it's like a email challenge. And then you also include like a video in there, right? And so the yeah. video is so good because it's so, it you get the, e the email part and then you get the video, which also helps kind of like break it down and explain everything. So that's a really great place to start is her SEO challenge. So yeah, yeah. So you could go to hilltophelp.com slash SEO dash challenge. And yeah, I really wanted to make those very quick, easy to implement daily activities. So it's five days, like you said, starting with keyword research. And then I walk you through the video tutorials with where to put those keywords on your pages and how to optimize one page on your website in hopefully less than five minutes a day. That's how long the videos are less than five minutes each. So <laughs> the idea is that it's quick and easy. You just need to do it. Yes, that's great. That's great. So, so excited for that. And it was a great challenge. I went through it. Maggie did a great job with that and mm -hmm. really explaining everything because Sometimes SEO can just sound like just random jargon. So <laughs> yeah, definitely go grab that SEO challenge. The link is going to be in the show notes for you to go ahead and sign up and go follow Maggie. She's sharing amazing content all the time to help you with your SEO and marketing. And Maggie, real quick, is there one last thought or thing you want to leave the audience with? 
Okay, I'm all about working smarter, not harder. So I think if you can focus on some SEO basics, lay the foundation, it is not as overwhelming as you think. Follow a resource like me who breaks it down in a simple, easy to digest way, specifically for busy business owners who have very full lives, raising kids at home. It can really save you a lot of headache and time in the long run, like I said, with your social media content and just marketing to the right people. Awesome. Well, Maggie, thank you so much for joining me here on A Purposeful Brand and sharing all of the insights and knowledge. It was really great chatting with you. Thank 